Well, 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 what's up, uh, ladies and gentlemen? This is, of course, the uh, organic guy, and welcome to Organic Adventures Podcast. Well, guess what? Let me just make this one uh, clear. That might not be the best uh, beatboxing that you will ever hear in your entire life. But guess what? I promise before this particular ep- podcast ends, before this particular podcast ends, you might have just listened to one of the best beatboxing of all time. That's what I'm going to say. I'm not giving you a lot of details about it, but that is uh, what I'm going to tell you. But before we dive deep into this particular podcast, I want to just give a special shout out to our friends from Think Organic Kenya, um, who has made, uh, who have made this particular podcast to be possible. Um, they actually proud themselves as being uh, the home of organic products and, you know, good reason perhaps behind that they have got an amazing amazing collection of organic products so make sure you go check them out you can actually do shopping with them uh that's by downloading their app from um google play store or um, app store or just visiting their website there's a thinkorganic.co.ke and then you will be able to indulge yourself to an organic shopping so make sure you go check them out and um why not uh say them uh give them a hi either on social media um or just by visiting um their website so ladies and gentlemen to our guests of this particular podcast he is um actually very multi-talented and if you haven't just in case if you haven't heard about this guy i am not sure where you're living all right um his name is ami the vegeman he is a multi multi-talented guy um in this particular podcast, we went uh, deep. We talked about um, his personal journey. He's a guy, actually, who was uh, raised in um, the Caribbean. You know, we talk, how was it like to be raised in the Caribbean? Because people like me, we have a very, you know, kind of very different image of guys who live in the Caribbean. So we talk a little bit about that. Um, and they actually moved to Israel. We also talk uh, about um, him. How was it like for him to move uh, to Israel where he actually adapted a vegan diet? We also dive deep uh, into talk a little bit about the vegan diet uh, and, and how uh, or rather why is it important for you and me to actually try and adopt the vegan diet. What is the science? Uh, what are the facts behind it? Uh, we talk uh, a lot about that and of course we talk about his music he is a recording artist ladies and gentlemen he is a musician who has over four actually he's a musician who has four albums his latest being um truth fire so how many of your favorite artists actually have got four albums not many right so he is um, a serious guy and i actually like his music very positive music um, music with good good energy so make sure you go check out uh, his music and surprisingly one of his music uh, Ami the Vegeman, is actually voted as the coolest Listen to me, as the coolest vegan music uh, out there. <laughs> and of course, we also talk about his organic journey. He is um, a very, very brilliant uh, organic farmer. He also uh, lands... Um, he also runs um, ABI Organics, which um, supplies uh, organic farmers with certified organic input. So <clears throat> there is a lot of things that we uh, talk throughout uh, this podcast. And uh, one thing for sure is that you might just want to pick up your notes and um, do a little bit of notes taking because there is a lot of value from uh, this particular podcast. So without further ado, without giving you all the juice, ladies and gentlemen, let's dive deep into this particular podcast and this is exactly how it went down thank you very much for making time for us oh, thank, thank you um, thank you my brother yeah it's, it's actually a pleasure this is one of those interviews I've also been uh, really really looking forward to uh-huh. uh, so we appreciate for making time for us yeah so you know for those guys who haven't heard about you you can sort of introduce yourself and, uh, you know, let them know a little bit about who you are and what you are about. Well, first of all, I'd like to give thanks and praise to the Almighty Creator 
always blessed us to have these opportunities. Um, my name is Ami, um, aka The Veggie Man. I'm a, a recording artist, born in Antigua, Caribbean, where um, I always send big love to my people in Antigua. And um, I'm a member of the African Hebrew Israelite community based in Israel, um, where we are a completely vegan community. And um, as you know, pro-organic, um, pro-healthy and um, regenerative lifestyles. So, me, myself, I'm here in Kenya right now, working on behalf of our company, um, ABI Organic Agriculture Limited. We are here at Amiran, we manage Amiran's organic department, where we um, promote organic greenhouses, organic um, kits, and turnkey organic units, all certified organic. So, so for the most part, my life is, is organic, it's vegan, it's healthy, yeah. you know, so um, I, love, I love this life, I love, I love this, I love you guys, love what you're promoting. You know, so um, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's a pleasure also. So when I had that, actually one, one of my friends is the one who introduced me to you. And uh, he was like, have you met him? Uh, so I was like, no, I haven't. But who is he? And they told him he's, he's an Israeli uh, who is really passionate about organic. Then a few months later, that's when I got a chance to speak with you through the phone. Uh -huh. And I was like, there's no way this guy is, is right, you know, <laughs> because of the accent. So you can sort of make us understand how, how you can be from the Caribbean and also from uh, Israel uh, at the same time. What, well, what, what, well, what happened is that our people who were born in the Caribbean and America, most people don't know, but quite a, num a large number of our people who were taken from Africa during the transatlantic slave trade were actually biblical descendants of the children of Israel who had, who had migrated across Africa and then taken us into slaves. So a large number of us, um, I, would, I would take that back, a small number of us um, realized that our heritage was not only back to Africa but that our heritage was tied into Israel and that the entire story and the prophecies and even the return of the children of Israel was about us as a people that we had to return to begin to activate the laws of God and to activate the Creator on our behalf. So we, in 1969, under the leadership of ben um a large number, a small number of our people migrated back to Israel and um, began to build what we call the Kingdom of God or the Kingdom of Yah on earth. And um, in that, it was not until 1994 when I first met the community and um, as a young um, artist growing up in Antigua, I was known as back then as Lenny Fresh, yeah. the human beatbox where I was doing all the um, <laughs> and all the type of stuff, you know, yeah. and Im imitating just about any instrument. But um, once I, I grew old, I began to ask questions. I mean, who are we? I mean, where, where are we from? Yeah. How, how do we connect to Africa? Because we're black and we're being told Africans are running around only with spears and arrows and, I mean, eating each other. So they gave us this negative image of Africa. Yeah. So I, I, began, I became a lot more um, inquisitive and even seeing the movie Roots back then and um, there's so much that connected us and we were trying to make sense of this. So when I first met a member of the community um, back in 94 and he said to me, Ami, you know that you, our people were actually the people of the Bible and the Bible is a black history book and that the images you see of the Bible in terms of the European images that you're seeing, yeah. that those are not the original people. The original people were actually taken into, into slavery, into America, into the Caribbean, and you are among the tribe of Judah. These are the people and this is where you belong. Wow. So when he began to say it and he began to explain to me that a community was already being built in Israel, yeah. a black community, and that we're vegans and there's no disease and no crime, I said, this, I mean, this sounds impossible, but I want to see it for myself. Yeah. And I want to, um, it gave my life a lot more purpose when I connected to the community. Yeah. So that um, when I say now that I'm a Hebrew or I'm an Israelite, it's not just saying that, you know, I am a member of a community or I'm just a part of a religion or yeah. I'm just a part of um, something that somebody's trying to do. I'm saying that my national origin yeah is Israel, it's biblical, it's, it, it's, uh, it's David, it's Moses, and not just the David and Moses you see, it's black African David, it's black African Moses, yeah. it's black African um, Yeshua, who we call Jesus, it's black, black African Isaac, you know, so black African Abraham. Yeah. So tying myself into that understanding and really 
I mean, getting a better understanding of that and then really beginning to connect the dots and the community, again, on the leadership of Benjamin, yeah. everything connected for me. So I felt like, wow, this is a great awakening because all my life I was told something else, you know? So um, so I, I then moved to Israel and um, as a, you know, I can say, as a member of a great movement of people who are bringing I mean, God's power into being. Yeah. I have worked extensively with the community um, outside of Israel, in Africa, in the Caribbean, in, in, um, in the States, in the UK. I've moved around quite a bit as a member of the community representing our redemptive enterprises. Yeah. And when I say redemptive, we do only vegan restaurants. We do only um, natural clothing and, yeah. fa and fashion. Yeah. We do only organic agriculture when we get stepping into the areas of agriculture. We do only positive music. You know, so the industries we touch, and when we, even in terms of our, our um, health institutions, we do yeah. only regenerative and natural health. So yeah, all of our businesses have been tied into what we call the, um, redemptive enterprises for the redemption of our people. Okay, uh -huh. pretty interesting. Uh -huh. So obviously, traveling has been a big part of your life. It has. So, and um, during your early years, your early years, you stayed in the Caribbean. Yes, I did. So how was, how was that life? Because when suddenly my generation, when I was growing up during the high school days, we used to consume a lot of music from the Caribbean. Uh -huh. And uh, all we used to see in the music videos was a lot of violence, um, you could say drug abuse. Was that the case when you were growing up or was it you know, was being fed a different uh, kind of uh, messages that were not trained in the Caribbean? Well, well actually, um, what you see in the Caribbean when it comes to music, what started especially reggae music which originated out of Jamaica. What you saw when um, Peter Tosh, Bob Marley, Bonnie Whaler, um, um, Inner Circle, um, you, you, name, you name it, um, Jimmy Cliff, these guys were all singing positive music. What happened with reggae music as we transferred years later into the 90s into dance hall, even if some of the first dance hall was positive music. What happened, it was infiltrated because you had a few guys who would take it and sing sex and drugs and violence. And this, those numbers were small. Yeah. They were very small numbers. But what happened, um, the large scale world media, as you know it, it's easy, they, they promote violence and sex and all of that in the midst yeah. of our people. So, because it's easy for them to sell. Because they have already, through um, media and the conditioning of our people, through that, that mental conditioning to have a greater taste for things that I, I call it ungodly things. It was easy to sell. So just the way that they sold Africa to us as everyone eating each other and everybody sick and swollen stomachs and people dying and you know running around with spirits, everybody was trying to kill each other. It's the same way they sold you the Caribbean as simply being everyone who was on drugs, everyone who was high, everyone who was killing each other and it was all about sex, yeah. when that was not actually the case. Okay. The Caribbean actually had a lot of Afrocentric or Africanism as far as the principles, how we took care of each other, how the neighbors shared amongst each other, how, I mean, even me growing up, I could go to my neighbor and say, I need some salt, I would need some sugar, yeah. you know, so we shared everything, it was a lot of love. We didn't lock our doors growing up in, the, in when I grew up in, in the Caribbean back in the 70s and early 80s. We didn't lock our doors. You could leave home and no one would ever break into your house. Yeah. So it was a completely different experience that we had. So then it was not until later on that it was infiltrated with the, um, the media broadcasting and I mean, so, and we were socialized. Yeah. So in the Caribbean you see today, the um, black America that you see today was not what it was then. Yeah. This was something that changed over the years and the uh, mainstream media had a main a major role to play in that. So okay. so so what you see what you see was not it was not all of that. It was not the, the most the majority of the community yeah. was quite peaceful. Yeah. So we were being basically sold a different image uh, than what was happening actually on the ground. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I mean, simply what happened when you look at the world today, and um, you say someone has an agenda. Yeah. Just like it is with conventional food yeah. and the chemicals that are killing our people through agriculture, someone has an agenda in terms of degrading our people and degrading our value system or principles. Yeah. You find so much of who we are and what our original purpose was has actually been diverted so that we have been put, focusing on energy and focus on materialism and the, um, the thing and, yeah. and how you look and the energy. It's a lot of negative energy 
that has been gone into, the new image that has been created. So this new image represented something else and someone else's agenda. Where our job now, which is why I say as an Israelite or as, um, as a son of God, our job is to turn all people back to the Creator through our music, through our business practices, through our social behavior and conduct, through our family structure, through our um, um, just about yeah, just about everything that we do. Yeah. It's supposed to be a living. We had to be the living examples, and then broadcast that example as something that now you can get excited about farming organic and knowing that I make it. I mean, something that other people man. I can be an organic farmer, I can sell healthy food and eat healthy food and then we ought to take it to the to the table where we have a soil to soul program that we be pushing where you actually take this food now and make some real nice healthy dishes. So um we're making the the right things fashionable again. True, true. Uh -huh. So talking of image, one thing that uh, a lot of people easily associate with you is veganism. Mm -hmm. So Talk us through about that. How was it? Were you born in a vegan family or is it something that came later into your life? Oh, no, no, no. I was not born vegan. <laughs> As a matter of fact, um, when, when I think about people, mainly in the Caribbean, yeah. um, oh, people eat a lot of meat. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot of meat and I, I grew up eating a lot. I mean, now you have quite a bit of our people in the Caribbean who are waking up to the understanding that we were actually created as herbivores and not carnivores. So for me, it was again, with my first introduction into the Hebrew Israelite community, which is a vegan community in Israel, and um, given an understanding of Genesis chapter one, verse 29, where the creator said, I've given you every herb of the field and every tree yielding, um, bearing fruit and the fruit yielding seeds. You know, so when, when they think of all these herbs and all these food, and they said, Genesis one and 29, if we were on a journey, yeah. and the Bible is talking about a journey of a people, where was the journey supposed to take us to? It was supposed to take us back to the Genesis. Yeah. So the prophecies and all these instructions were to bring us right back to the Genesis as it was in the beginning, so shall it be in the end. Yeah. So we get these original instructions. So it made sense to me that man was made not just from the dust of the ground, but from the minerals in the soil. Man was not just created to eat anything. Yeah. Man's digestive system and his whole teeth like the herbivores, everything about us are so much like the herbivores. Yeah. But in actuality, the minerals that are in the soil are the minerals that we needed to maintain and what we call an Adamic body. So in order to maintain and to support an Adamic body and this Adamic species as we call ourselves, yeah. we had to eat from our source and the plant from the earth is the only is the only um, original source of nutrients for us. Yeah. So anywhere else you're going, it's a shortcut. <laughs> you try to steal the pig's protein. How can you steal the protein from a pig? You, if you're a thief, yeah. then you suffer the consequences of being a thief. Yeah. Hence, you have quite a number of diet-related diseases. This is actually with the um, the um, I would say the corresponding responses yeah. for eating flesh. If you eat flesh, then you will have those diseases and those. Likewise, the, a lifestyle that's out of sync with creation, yeah. uh, with the, 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 the laws, seasons, and cycles and, of God. Yeah. You know, when, you, when you're off cycle, out of cycle, then, I mean, things happen. So it's not by chance that we're finding so many sick people, etc. Yeah. yeah, so. So, okay. So you've said uh, being vegan something you, you know, you found out later. So I'm assuming when you moved to Israel. So, and I understand you've been, you know, vegan for a long time now, but 20, 24 years. 24 years. So what will you say that us as, a, you know, people who have been converted <laughs> here, uh, as vegans, what, what can you say that we're missing from uh, being vegan? Well, the, um, in, real, in real sincerity, I know everyone is not going to become a vegan, so I live in as, a, as an example as yeah. much as I can yeah. to help, to give people an option. And in our businesses, we do the same. In terms of um, not just understanding the original source of our sustenance, yeah. but then really paying close attention to what it is that someone is doing to themselves and doing to nature and to the environment when they consume animal flesh. Yeah. Because you're incurring, uh, I mean, it's like, I was kind of blunt one time, I said, you know, our people are digging our graves with our teeth. <laughs> Because, because the pallets have been so um, sensitized yeah. to the texture of flesh. 
the texture of dead animals and to the um, the taste of animals when really yeah. you would not look at a chicken and kill it and eat it raw. First of all, your teeth cannot tear the chicken flesh like that, nor can it tear the, the flesh of a cow. And the taste of it in that state, you would not do that. Yeah. But for a carrot, you can pick it and eat it. For a mango, you can pick it and eat it. Yeah. For a banana, you can pick it and eat it. Fresh. Yeah, you can eat it fresh and your teeth can chew it and your body can digest it. So there's a lot of work that goes into having to kill an animal. Yeah. I mean, you talk about the process of slaughtering. And that animal is somebody's cousin, it's somebody's yeah, uncle, true. you know. I tell them all the time, I say, man, that's a chicken's uncle. <laughs> that's a cow's nephew, you're killing yeah. somebody's nephew. And so, um, the concept is something that may not necessarily be easy for everyone to understand. Yeah. Because in the, in the scene, as far as nutrition on a larger scale, through the institutions of the world, they teach you that you have to eat beef to get proteins, you have to drink milk yeah. to, get, uh, to get calcium, etc. When there is nothing further from the truth because the lifespan of a person who consumes um, plant protein and plant calcium, etc., is the, the first of all, the person is in much healthier condition and the lifespan is much longer than one who would have consumed animal flesh over that same period of time. You'll find that there's a major decay in the bones from eat, from having to consume protein and calcium from a middleman versus going directly to the source. Yeah. Go directly to the source and you get exactly what you need. Yeah, it's now actually makes sense because all these animals get their food from the plant. And look, we actually... Hey, hey, look at the rhino. Yeah. Look at the rhino very, very and, and the elephant. Yeah. You, would, you cannot stand up next to them. These guys are strong. Yeah, yeah. Even, the, even the lions respect them. Yeah. So, so it's so, a matter of getting the mentality right uh-huh. from a very early age. Yes. Okay. So now, now actually that makes sense. And then if we could move to another chapter of your life which is a big part of you and that's music uh-huh. so I understand you've been doing music from a very young age and yeah uh, I think 13 years old 13 years old yeah yeah so that's that's pretty early how did you so get into music is it something also you were born into or it's something also you well, well in the, um, back in the early 80s the um, it was the breakdancing era and we had quite a number of people who were into Break dancing and hip hop in the Caribbean. It came from America and it coming from Black America, something a art that we found really interesting. We wanted to break dance, we wanted to rap. So I myself, um, I guess I was into poetry for a long time, yeah. but I was um, I found myself being able to imitate the guys like the Human Beatbox from um, the Fat Boys and Dougie Fresh, etc. And then I took what they were doing and put my own songs to it. So, music should be for the purpose of enhancing people's lives, enhancing the creation, and also representing the creator. So like I was saying, the, um, anyone who is an artist should really be connecting to the universe, to the creator, so that you're expressing something. You, you become like a conduit. So you, you're receiving and you're expressing from a real pure place. Yeah. And, not, and not, a, um, not attempting to tap into the negative energies that are around you. It's supposed to be bringing something to get rid of the negative energies. Because the artist, we are supposed to balance creation. As in, as um, you hear someone playing a saxophone, it makes you calm. Yeah. It does something to your nerves. You hear a guitar, it does something to you. Yeah. So likewise, when you listen to the lyrics, it's supposed to have a similar effect. It's not supposed to inspire you to do someone wrong. It's not supposed to inspire you to express yourself in a more lewd or provocative manner. Yeah. It's supposed to inspire you to do right. It's supposed to relax your nerves. It's supposed to heal you. So music is supposed to heal. Music is supposed to regenerate. Music is supposed to give life. Yeah. So music, just like food, I say, if it's not life-given, then it's not of the creator. It's, it's of another source. Yeah. And we have to be real honest of the source of our lyrical content of the music that we're singing. We have to be really conscious about that because you find, a, you find quite a number of people who are expressing themselves and what they're expressing is not improving anyone's life. Yeah. I have a saying that if children cannot listen to the music, then why are you listening to it? Exactly. So it so it has to music itself has to um it has to be of some real clear and concise essence that's gonna give someone something of substance positively. Yeah. It has to be positive substance. So so when I say music with purpose, um, I'm speaking from a real personal position that I've taken in life that if it's not positive, I don't want to say it. Okay. 
So I, I also agree because um, anyone who has listened to your songs can actually tell this purpose mm-hmm. in it. Um, I happen to have listened uh, Boda Boda. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a clear message there. Um, people should take their lives. Uh, you know, they should understand that the lives are precious. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the Vegeman song, which I also find it pretty good. <laughs> um, it was actually listed as one of the top, um, as the coolest vegan songs uh, mm-hmm. at one of the sites, beating Maccabi. Maccabi, who is also very big in. Um, making the vegetarian songs. Mm-hmm. So congrats to that. Yeah, and I also noticed from the song uh, Emmy the Vegeman, it actually starts with a Bible a Bible verse, yes. uh, Genesis 1 to 29, as you said earlier. So I was just wondering, how big is um, spiritual life to you? How, you know, how impactive is it in your life? Well, for me, um, spiritual life is, is life. My life is based around my um, spiritual and moral principles. So there's no separation. Like, you know, we have a separation of church and state or your religion from the rest, from what you do. There, for me, there's no separation. My spiritual life, my culture, that's part of our culture. And this ties us back into what our ancestors used to do. I mean, Africa has always been like that. Every tribe, so to speak, is tied into a culture, is tied into a way of living. So for me, there's no separation. Like, I'm not a Hebrew by religion. I'm not an Israelite by religion. There's, there's no place for religion in my life. As a matter of fact, religion is one thing I've seen that separates people. So spirituality, the laws, the commandments of God, the instructions, those are the, those are the foundation of our spiritual, our spiritual existence. And that spiritual essence is what feeds this physical. Yeah. The, all your thoughts come from somewhere. All your um, actions, your words, they come from somewhere. So they come from one source. And that one source is the spirit that guides you. And it's either God or Satan. There's no a bunch of different sources of intellect or inspiration. It's either inspired by God or inspired by Satan. So I say the source of my music and my life and everything that I do, I do my best to tap into that one source. And any distractions is like, it's like a buzz. It's distortion. No, I can't say that. No, I won't do that. No, I, no, I can't sing that. You know, that's like a, it's, it's, um, some sort of distortion in the air. So, and as thoughts and energies and these um, vibrations are all around us and you're in the midst of all these, um, I call them distractions every day, it, it takes um, realistic focus on what it is that you want to represent or who you want to be fed from and you tap into that source. So for me, it's tapping into the intellect of our community and the, um, from even from a doctrinal perspective, yeah. um, taking in positive words every day, reading positive information, yeah. listening to and hearing words that um, feed our cultural origin and our, our cultural position. These things inspire me every single day. So, um, in terms of in terms of spirit, there is, um, you know, the word worship yeah. in Hebrew. It's avodah. Avodah is to work. So when you say those who worship God, worship Him in spirit and in truth, it's actually saying those who work for God, work for Him in spirit and truth. So everything you do from the time you wake up, when you, you wake up in the morning, to I mean, brushing your teeth, your eating, your business, your job, everything you do is supposed to be worship. So and that's our spiritual foundation. Okay. Now, now actually it makes sense because you connect the dots for what you do. Uh, what you say, they mm. actually all in sync. Yeah. So, you know, that's pretty good. I think um, we're going to go for the break. And, um, um, you know, if you've been listening to us, we've been uh, talking to Amy the Vegeman, and uh, we are now going to take a short break. Uh, you know, so be sure to join us then because he will actually be performing for us uh, one of his songs and also a little bit of beatboxing here and there. <laughs> so, be sure to tune in for that. But for now, we are taking a short break. We'll be right back. Hello guys, welcome back to Organic Adventures. Of course, this is The Organic Guy, and we are one-on-one with Emmy the Vegeman. Um, if you are watching this, of course, that means we have the first part of this interview, which I really recommend you go and watch first before you continue with this one, because we talked about his early journey, we talked about him being as a vegan, and also we talked about his music. So in this second uh, part of this interview, we are talking with him all things organic, and of course, he'll be able to perform for us um, a song and a little bit of beatboxing. So, welcome back, and 
Thank you again for having us. Thank you too. Thank you yeah. so, much. so this part, I think we're going to dive deep now into talking all matters organic. Obviously, organic is also a big part of your life, apart from music and um, you know being a vegan and all. So you know you can sort of tell us how did you uh, come to realize that organic was really a big part of your life. Was it something that you came across, or is it um, something that you grew up with as a as a young person? Well, as a as a child growing up, my grandmother was always an organic farmer. But back then, we didn't we didn't think she was an organic farmer. When we think organic, we looking at looking at plants and what it needs to sustain to sustain a plant and to sustain plant life and to enhance their growth. We had to think now that we're going to take this from a natural source because most of the world today, as we know, agriculture is harsh chemicals, harsh pesticides to kill insects, harsh, I mean, synthetic fertilizers, and most times synthetic um, disease control, when in actuality that's not what, um, that does not enhance life. As a matter of fact, it kills life. um, They're deadly and health hazardous. So what started me on the journey was the meeting at the time, our prince, um, Yadiel, who we call the Prince of Agriculture, he really started me on a journey of, um, he was my um, teacher in the school of the prophets in Israel, and then he also took me on to being an assistant manager at our community agriculture project back then. And um, a lot of what he taught opened my eyes to the fact that a lot of what people are doing are killing, are, people are killing themselves, people are killing consumers, people are, it's all death, death, death. And I didn't realize there was so much death in agriculture because even for us who are vegans, eating vegetables, we're eating vegetables so that we can live. Yeah. Not realizing that the chemicals that were being used on these vegetables were actually taking life. Yeah. That way they were deadly and hazardous to human health. So um, it was a big wake up call for me when I met the community and when I met, met Prince Yadiel. Back, uh, back in um, that's over, over twenty, uh, well, almost twenty years ago now. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's, that's for I think that's for a pretty pretty long time for twenty years yeah. and still be working on this. And um, also, you know, it's obvious where your passion now comes from. And um, most of people may not know that you're actually managing ABI Organics. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Okay. Uh, what is ABI and a- what do a- you do? No, ABI stands for African Growers Initiative. ABI Organic was an organic component of our business, yeah. which um, specifically deals with uh, organic agriculture consultation, product development, yeah. as well as um, a partnership with the Amimen, where we sell the organic kit. Okay. Um, the organic kit being one of our main products. And that is where we offer greenhouse, um, along with all of the hardware that you need, your irrigation system, tank, knapsack sprayers, masks, um, nursery trays, and your planting media for your nursery. You name it, all of your organic pesticides, organic fungicides, organic fertilizers, biostimulants, soil regenerators. So we actually form a kit, and that kit is a turnkey unit for anyone who wants to go into agribusiness um, organically. That we made it bulletproof and easy for anyone, anyone to grow it, to do so. And then we also train the start the. Um, the client as well as give them a spray schedule and then we do an after-sales service we call agro support yeah. where we actually go out to visit the client to make sure that they're following the instructions that were given in the training yeah so um so abi organic we do, we do quite a bit as far as agriculture we have married what we call modern technology with ancient wisdom yeah. which is why the partnership with amiran offering the um the most modern and um structurally um, long-lasting and long-lasting and um, efficient hardware that we can find in agriculture and marrying this with strictly uh, certified organic inputs that we source from locally in Kenya and from all over the world so that we can offer something that's completely safe for the consumer and also safe for the environment. Okay. So it's, it's also interesting that you've said you are marrying technology and ancient wisdom. So you're trying to combine the two. Yeah. So in terms of someone who might have criticism, in terms of you're trying to make you know uh, organic farmers to be a little bit lazy, in terms of you're not impacting them with knowledge that they require to actually do um, organic to at score. So let's say you know learning um, the core principles of organic in terms of how they can easily work with nature and also control diseases, pesticides. 
um, according to nature. So what's your response to that? Do you think that's a valid argument when they bring such a kind of argument? Well, what we do is, um, we, while we offer these certified organic inputs that we source worldwide, um, the inputs are to secure that someone has an easy and manageable system that they can manage there, whether greenhouses or open field systems. We give them as easy as possible system. But at the same time, we teach them compost making and we also teach our people to use the natural in your resources and different herbs that you can make in natural pesticides, yeah. that you can make in natural disease control. So and even even down to the level of making your own fertilizers, etc. So we're not locked into you have to buy these products. Our purpose and our agenda is that we will convert our people's minds over into doing it the natural way. So whether you're using a product that you can get off of the shelves here, or you're going to go and make a product, we are, we are teaching our people how to go back to nature in such a way that agriculture actually becomes sustainable. Yeah. Because otherwise it's not sustainable. True. You put chemicals into the soil over a long period of time, you will kill the soil. Yeah. Because you grow the soil at the expense, you grow the plant at the expense of the soil. So then we are telling our people, no, we have to go back, seek ye the old parts, you yeah. know? Let's go back and do this. I mean, we have found some modern technologies we can, imp we can implement to improve, the, improve what we do and make it more efficient. But at the same time, we can't move away from nature and expect to succeed. Okay. Yeah, so basically that, that makes then a lot of sense in terms of um, what you're doing, making it easier for at least uh, guys who are to make it easier for them to actually do organic. Mm -hmm. And um, also in terms of ABI, one thing I realized that you have I can, say, I can call it more of a motto is that love the land and the land will love you back. Mm -hmm. So can you sort of explain to that to us, you know, what exactly that means? Well, we, we, we say that in, um, in, a very, in a very simple and modest form when we say love the land and the land shall love you in return. But in actuality, what we are saying is that the land is alive and the plants are alive. And in our approach to agriculture is not just doing something as you would with a computer or with, a, or with an instrument or something that's made synthetically. Yeah. We're talking about a living organism. We're talking, we're talking about a living being, that the earth is alive. So the love that you put into the, into the food that you're growing, the energy and the care and the, the uh, attentiveness that you put into it, the affection that you approach agriculture with, it will also give it back to you. Yeah. So a carrot has, has intelligence. Yeah. You know, tomato has intelligence and it gives to the person who loves it. Yeah. And if you're going to nurture it and treat it with the love and care that it deserves, then it will naturally give you back all of its substance, all of its sustenance and the nutrients that you need to sustain life. So um, our, our, um, our um, words, love the land and the land shall love you in return is something that has much deeper meaning for it than it may sound. Yeah. Because we're talking about loving a living organism. Okay. Okay. So literally taking the land as a living entity and not just separating as uh, something that, you know, you're just there to extract what it, it gives you and then just live. No, you have, you, have to, you have to care for it, you have to love it. If you want it to love you, you have to love it. Okay, then that makes a lot of sense. And um, obviously you've been doing this for a long time uh, right now. What, what, you know, what advice would you say for a person who wants to go organic or a person who wants to, you know, to do organic farming? What is in there for, for them? What are they missing? Why, why should they go organic? Well, um, the first thing I say is that if you go any other way than organic, because for whatever reason someone may be thinking, it costs you more in the long run because you're going to have to deal with some situations, some of the repercussions of synthetic agriculture in terms of some of the increasing cancers and some um, some of the diseases that are attached to chemicals. You know, so when you're going organic, I found a large number of people do it for the monetary returns because most times organic products fetch a higher market value. Yeah. So quite a large number of our clients and people go for it for those reasons. But I, I say to anyone who is I mean, whether they're doing conventional farming or they just want to farm, I said, look, if you're going to do this, it's best you do it for life so that you can live and that your clients can live yeah. and that your consumers will live yeah. and that this land will last you. So if you want to use this land for the next three, four, five, six, seven generations, the only way to do so is organic. 
if you want to save this this um, this project and this site for your children's children's children, then the only way to do so is organic. Yeah. Because you take a shortcut, and eventually the only thing you can grow is is buildings. You know, you have to, and and you have it's it's a serious situation here. Yeah. I mean, you look even in um in some parts of Kenya right now, you have the maize the um the maize um production rate has, has dropped significantly and farmers are attempting to seek stronger and stronger chemicals to grow the maize. Likewise, you find the insects have been mutating based, based on using harsh chemicals. So they're using stronger and stronger chemicals to control those insects, meaning that you're putting stronger poisons into the soil, stronger poisons into the plant, hence stronger poisons into the consumers. So if you're talking about the growing food for the sustenance of man and real sustainable agriculture, organic is the only way and the only means of having a future in agriculture for our people. So obviously there's, uh, right now there's a lot of rise in terms of uh, non-communicable diseases. We, we're talking about the cancers, the obesities. Do you see um, a role that organic foods or organic farming you know, can can do the situation? Can it be able to you know, be the solution to those? But it's, it's, one of the, it's one of the solutions because I say, well, in our case, I don't just live and um, I don't just grow food organic and live an organic life. So some of the lifestyle diseases and things that we have seen people incurring over the years, some of this has to do with making the right choices. And when I say the right choices, healthy lifestyle choices in terms of organic food, proper exercise, the proper intake of water. So when you incorporate a life, an organic life, where the things that naturally enhance life become a part of your day-to-day -day schedule or your day-to-day -day regimen, yeah. then you have some of the solutions right there. I mean, eating natural is, um, is more than just growing organic food. And yeah. I mean, if you want to, you're going to have to understand the proper food combinations and what's best to eat at different times of the day, etc., etc. Why you have to drink a certain amount of water. What's the minimum exercise that you would need in order to, in order to live and to have a healthy functioning body and how the body works. So the, um, what we're seeing today is um, people shifting away from what was natural. Yeah. You know, in um, Africa, we were mostly an agrarian people. Farmers exercise every day. Exactly. <laughs> Farmers exercise, you're you always exercising. Yes. Farmers drink a lot of water yeah. because you're working, you're sweating, you're going to drink water. Yeah. You know, so you find that, um, you, you find when we have shifted away from that agrarian lifestyle or that natural lifestyle, yeah. we actually begin to incur quite a large number of things that have, um, that have incurred diseases and deaths. So we have to really consider the choices we're making and make better choices, healthier choices. In my case, I say make organic choices. <laughs> I, also, I also feel that should, should actually be the case. And um, to go straight to your point, making healthy choices, uh, on your song, uh, Amy the Vegeman, you actually, one of the lines is that you are what you eat. Uh -huh. And uh, it's, a, it's one of those lines that I hear being thrown a lot all over. So according to you, what does that mean? You are what you eat. When you say you are what you eat, if, you, if you're constantly consuming the um, natural plants from the soil, then you will naturally be building an immune system that, was, that, is, being, that is being built by the minerals you're absorbing from the, from the earth. If you're, not, if you're taking a shortcut or going to, let's say, from an animal source and you're attempting to um, get those minerals, you're not going to get the same minerals or the same protein, for example, you would have gotten from the plants, you would not get the same protein from an animal. So what you become, you become, um, you want that protein, but you become part cow. <laughs> if I can say it like that. Because you're, you're still using your flesh, your cells, your organs, they, they are being built by protein that's partly something that a cow had digested and processed, and you're trying, you're attempting to take this from animal flesh. So then, you're, you, yeah, so, so then someone who's eating complete plants, you know, these, this protein, this flesh is coming from a plant source. So then you become the plant. You know, and I mean, like me, I would love to be a boobab tree. You know, live for a long, long, long time. So, so I, so, so I consume boobab, yeah. and I want whatever intelligence causes that boobab tree to live for that, to live for that extensive period of time. And you look at um, the animals that we can, we, we can, or people are consuming. I mean, I used to consume them, so I'm not gonna act like you just eat meat and you this and you that because I was, I was the same place. Um, I mean, a number of years ago. So I'm not like just critical and I mean condemning about it. But at the same time, we have to be real honest and speak the truth that you are what you eat, whatever you consume, that is what you're made of. And um, that goes for that. That goes from um, from the liquid that enters your body to make your blood. Your blood will either be um, 
built and, re and regenerated or your body or your blood will be attempting to be maintained but it's being degenerated from what you're putting into it. So, and, uh, and that blood makes your flesh. So you're digesting, you're, I mean, you're consuming, you're digesting, you're building, but you have to be honest. What do I want to build? Do I want to be a full, do I want to be a full grown pig? <laughs> or, or, do I, or do I want to be a baobab tree? Yeah. You know, do I want to live like a baobab tree? Do I want to live for a long time and be around and be smiling when the wind blows, yeah. flow with the wind, and have the joy and the peace of being one with nature? You know, so. <laughs> okay, then <laughs> I guess that actually makes a lot of sense. And, um, one of the things that you are is you do what you say um, and in terms of um, you know there are a lot of people out there who would love to eat an organic diet a full organic diet I know you you do it uh, as much as possible so do you have sort of any kind of tips for anyone who wants to go and you know the, any easier way that they could can transition to eating organic first of all organic comes with it comes with some um, People have to be, I mean, fortified or given the knowledge of um, why organic, so that it makes it easier for you. So you know why I'm doing this. Yeah. I'm doing this because I don't want those chemicals in my body. I don't want to die. I want to live. You know, so you, it makes you begin to research and you begin to find all the places that you can find organic. The people who are certified organic food distributors, where are the organic markets? So in Kenya, you have a few organic markets. Yeah. Um, but what my advice is to begin to check the farmers. If the consumer begin to check the farmers, yeah. when does they check them, where are you going this food? What are you putting this food? Is this food grown with harsh chemicals? Is it, is it grown with sewage water? Is it grown with this? So you begin to check the farmers yeah. because you make the farmers responsible. And if we share more and more information with the farmers and give them an alternative to let them know that modern, modern farming and agriculture is not only conventional. Modern farming and agriculture can be done organically and it does not need to be expensive. Yeah. So we can bring the cost of organic produce down but it has to be a great awareness. Yeah. So my answer is that the first area has to be the area of awareness, but then people need to begin to source and find those places that they can get the organic vegetables. You need, you need to actually... Have the access. Yeah, yeah make, but make it your business. I want organic food. Yeah. If you're telling, the, if you're telling, the, if you're telling the supermarkets, I want organic food. If you're telling the green grocer, I want organic food. And then you yourself be responsible and grow some organic food. Yeah. You know, so... <laughs> Exactly. Everyone should have at least a few herbs, something, even a little plant that's growing something of what they're consuming. Yeah. So um, it, needs, it's, it really comes with a level of responsibility and, so, and being accountable for what you do, what you consume. So you're not going to just be pointing fingers, but you have taken action into making sure that what you're consuming is going to enhance your life. Okay. Thank you very much. I think that has been um, you know, an active conversation, lots of learnings and um, you know a lot of insights on what can be done and what we can do in general in terms of trying to go organic so as we wrap things up i think it's fair you sort of give us a freestyle <laughs> of uh, you know one of your songs and also we'll do a bit of beatboxing then we call it a day right yeah so we'll go with um, a freestyle uh, i think you know the song that you think that will have the most impact then we'll do a bit of beatboxing. So if you need help, um, can now. This is the song that has the most impact. You, you know, um, I mean, this is a song I made recently because everyone knows the veggie man. You know, when I want to move, when I want to move, when I want to This is the song that comes to mind right now. Is a song I call another song, which is like a response to the veggie man. Yeah. Where I said, um, I said, them send for the veggie man. Because they want another song. I said, I'm coming from the farm <laughs> with fruits and veggies in my hand. Then, hey, say you don't know the veggie. Then I suggest you try. Wisdom comes from the ancients. Seminar living on a lie. If you don't eat your veggies, you would get sick and die. Wisdom come from the ancients. Seminar living on all of the animals, killing and eating. I tell them that is not real food. And when I tell them the truth that is bad for them, head, then they turn around and say that my rude. The almighty laws don't set in the earth and them things you can't change. It might sound strange when things rearrange. That's why them send for the veggie man. <laughs> Wisdom comes from the ancients. ancients yeah. Exactly. So I think we're gonna have a big boxing. I mean, I like to hear those sounds. You like, you like to hear the beat? Well, yeah. um, mm. We can even do the 
Is that again? The, the lyrics of the beatboxing? No, it's not easy. It's not easy to and sing and and sing and chant. Tell them the truth and then make it come last. Come. advocacy and teaching the people. Yeah. Yes, I love the organic adventures and what you guys are doing. Thank you very much. It's, it's been a pleasure. Alright, alright, alright. Ladies and gentlemen, we did promise you that there is going to be a lot, a lot, a lot of entertainment uh, in this particular podcast and of course a lot of learnings from this particular podcast i don't know about you but i did actually learn a lot of stuff from this particular podcast we also hope that you did because that's what we are all about we're all about ensuring that you experience uh, an organic magic all right so we will continue to bring you this um such a kind amazing amazing uh, guest on this particular show uh, of course make sure make sure you stay tuned um to our podcast and of course make sure you subscribe to our podcast and share it um with your friends of course uh, so that we can continue to make sure that we spread this particular magic all right um a special thanks of course to our friends at uh, think organic make sure you check go check them out um you can visit their website thinkorganic.co.ke and of course um download their app from uh, google play or app store for you to enjoy your shopping remember they are all about ensuring that you yes you and me have access to organic products all right so make sure you go check them out and um of course the that will be a delight and uh, you can actually make sure they know that you got this information from us you know that will be um upon us from us of course from us is that we will continue to give you and bring you amazing amazing guests in this particular podcast um so that you can be able to um understand a thing or two from this organic uh eco-friendly and sustainable world what are the two or three things that are happening in this particular space we are all about starting that kind of conversation that you can be able to get value from us so ladies and gentlemen this is of course your host um the organic guy till next time ladies and gentlemen remember to be organic